Focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. All right, welcome back to Processing College Football. This is our week eight review, week nine preview mini pod. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Randaza. I'm your college football question mark, and that I mostly have a lot of them. Actually, Mark is uh, sitting this one out. He has a bye week this week. Um, so I'm actually going to fly solo. So I'm not even going to bother to define any terms because who needs them? Anyway, as I said, this is a mini pod. So I'm just going to tell you what I think. But for next week, uh, we are going to define some terms. We actually had a listener request, but if you have any other questions you want us to answer, topics you want us to discuss, or terms you want us to define, send them in. You can get us on Twitter at ProcessingCFB or email us at ProcessingCollegeFootball at gmail.com. So let me tell you a little bit about what happened week eight. I'm going to start with the Alabama-Tennessee game. So Alabama was ranked number one. They were about a four-touchdown favorite against Tennessee. Alabama came out on fire, and while it took them about four minutes or so to score their first touchdown, which was the longest time it took them all season long, it only took them another 23 seconds of game time to score their second. Third comes in at around seven minutes, and fourth about 12 minutes. There was a little speculation about whether Alabama might pull Tua after the first quarter, but then Tennessee showed some signs of life Uh, their first string quarterback actually got injured on a pass play which then brought in their second string Keller Christ who you may remember from being a quarterback at Stanford he managed to get two passing touchdowns in the second quarter on his first two drives in the game making a 42-14 by the half in the end though Alabama adjusted and Tennessee only managed one more touchdown Tua still has not played in the fourth quarter. Final score here was 58-21. to 21. Then we had the in-state rivalry. Sixth-ranked Michigan playing against 24th-ranked Michigan State. Uh, you know, this game had a weather delay, and I thought that it was a good sign for Michigan State. Maybe, you know, they rallied the slanting sea, but no, that was not the case. Michigan State had the game tied at some point, and as good as their defense is, when you put them on the field for 41 minutes, they're probably going to get pretty worn down. Final score here, 21-7. to Then we had number 16th ranked and undefeated NC State playing their toughest opponent of the season, number three ranked Clemson. Final score here, sadly, 41-7 Clemson. Sad day for NC State, but they were seriously outmatched. Clemson up 24 to nothing at the half. NC State doesn't even get on the board until the fourth quarter, and at that point, Clemson's up 31. We had 22-ranked Mississippi State playing number six LSU. Good Lord, what a boring game, but this is SEC football, right? Two stout defenses going back and forth for four hours. Final score, 19 to 3 LSU. There was only one touchdown in this entire game. Ugh. All right. Then we had number 12 Oregon playing at Pullman against Washington State, who was a little bit over a field goal favorite, I believe, at uh, the time of kickoff. And hot dog Washington State begging for years to host game day finally gets it and wins against a ranked opponent by two 
touchdowns. Final score, 34-20 Washington State. What this means is that Washington State is essentially the last remaining hope for a Pac-12 team to make the playoff. Oregon previously was their best hope. Washington State is effectively their last. Probably going to lose this weekend to Stanford, though. Then we had, and we didn't preview this game, number two Ohio State at Purdue. Ohio State lost this, not by a little either. To me, this game was very reminiscent of the loss to Iowa last year. Dwayne Haskins threw for 470 yards in this game, which sounds pretty good, except that he threw the ball 73 times. And if you throw the ball that many times, it's probably indicative of the fact that you're playing from behind, which they were. Um, He completed 49 of those passes. Uh, In the end, it was in the service of a losing effort. 49-20 was the final score here. Purdue wins it. Great story for Purdue. Purdue was not thought to be a good team. Ohio State was thought to be maybe one of the few great teams. Ohio State was undefeated. Meanwhile, Purdue had lost to Eastern Michigan, Missouri, and Northwestern. There were two big stories coming out of this game. One is Rondell Moore, who is a wide receiver for Purdue. And if you haven't heard of him, you should probably learn his name he was incredible 12 catches for 170 yards two touchdowns fortunately for purdue he's a freshman so he'll be around for a while and after this performance there's even some heisman buzz the second story uh that you should know from this game is the story of tyler trent who is a purdue student with terminal cancer and a huge boilermaker fan uh camped out during the michigan the Michigan game was invited invited to watch from the sidelines for this game. Fans were really into uh, this whole storyline. They organized a Cancer Sucks chant, which is also the official position of this podcast as well. Cancer does suck. Anyway, Tyler predicted the game would go to the Boilermakers, and he was right. His prediction was 24-17, to 17, but the team thought that they could do just a little bit better. So as I said, 49-20. to 20. Then there's just one game I want to talk about uh, additionally, and this is the first one we previewed last week. It was North Texas playing at UAB. I mentioned last week why this is such an important game. So UAB wins it. I'm not going to keep you in suspense. I know you're all on tenterhooks. This win means that UAB will be going to a bowl game for only the third time in program history. This also extended their home win streak to a huge 10th win. So every game since the program was reinstated, they have won uh, at home. Uh, This was also a big matchup for the conference division title because North Texas was the division winner last year, and they were the biggest competition left on UAB's schedule. So a lot of big reasons uh, that this win was important, but UAB decided just to pile on a few more things. This was also their homecoming game, uh, and the team was playing to raise money for Children's Harbor, a nonprofit which benefits children uh, with serious illness. So big win there. Uh, This is a... A charity associated with the local children's hospital and the players have the name of the kids on the the back of their jerseys so uh the game ends 29 to 21 go blazers oh you know what i also don't think i talked about the auburn game they played at ole miss this was a close game and the only reason we really previewed it um was that it was one they really needed to win to assure themselves a bowl berth they did win it. So as I said, it was close, at least for the first half. But 
it ends in Auburn's favor, 31 to 16. So the question of whether or not they're going to a bowl game is not so big anymore. So, in the rest of the college football world, it was not such an exciting week, but some things did happen, including Cincinnati suffering their first defeat at the hands of a pretty decent Temple team, and Nebraska won! They have signs of life. Poor Minnesota, though. Nebraska really actually tried their hardest to lose this. They come out with a 28 to nothing lead, and then they let Minnesota get back within six. Uh, then I think they maybe realized that football games don't end at the half, and they decided that maybe they should score some more. Um, USCLA also won again, 31 to 30 over Arizona. And increasingly, we have to wonder if Kevin Sumlin or Chip Kelly will be the bigger dud higher here at the end of the year. UCLA, actually, it should be noted, is also 2-2 in the Pac-12. Only one game behind Utah, the current Pac-12 South leader. It is scary to think that with their record, they still stand a decent, a better than decent shot at competing for the conference title. Um, Oklahoma also handled TCU, decidedly so, and Kentucky beats Vandy in another SEC Classic 14-7. So that's all that happened in week eight that I think is worth mentioning. Week nine, we have number ninth ranked Florida playing against number seven UGA. So Georgia is a touchdown favorite, 3.30 p.m. game on CBS. I think, actually, this is my hot take, 28-24 is the final score here, and I think Florida wins it. I don't know why. Then we have number 18th-ranked Iowa playing against number 17th-ranked Penn State, who just does not seem to be able to beat any teams by very much. I think Iowa wins this one, even playing in Happy Valley. It might be unhappy Valley. That was not a clever pun i apologize moving on i think the final score here will be 33 to 24 iowa texas a texas a&m is playing at mississippi state mississippi state is currently unranked texas a&m is ranked 16 i think they win 35 to 31 so they do not cover mississippi state is slight favorite here number two ranked clemson 17 point favorite against fsu I think this ends with a push, 31-14 to 14 Clemson. Washington State, number 14th ranked by their name at this point, playing against 24th ranked Stanford, who is a field goal favorite. I think this is going to be a really close one. I do think that Stanford wins it, 42-38. to 38. Notre Dame, number three ranked, one of the few uh, big undefeated teams still out there on the board they're playing at navy navy is not so good this year however you can never count out these service academies as we've remarked several times they're a 24 point favorite which i just think is too many points i do not think they cover there 21 to 7 is what i'm going to say uh and then alabama auburn on a bye this week uab is playing utap a game where they're more than two touchdown favorites and uab is i don't know what the opposite of undefeated is Extra defeated, maybe winless. Winless, I guess, is really what you call it. Uh, for heaven's sake, if UAB doesn't win this one, I do not know what to do. I think they cover easy. I'm not going to give you a score. So that is our mini pod, and I think we're coming in at just under 12 minutes here. So 
I hope you got a lot out of that. And if I talk too fast, then I don't know, play the stupid thing again. Again, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and probably just a ton of other places. And do not worry, Mark will be back next week to define some things for us and give us some of his hot takes. Uh, All right, until then, I will catch you later. Later.